outdoors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Coming up, Lav and I look back at a wild week in Austin and set the stage for the year's first men's major. Welcome to the Golf Center podcast presented by Callaway Golf. The new ChromeSoft XLS golf ball from Callaway is designed for max distance from low spin and tour level greenside control. It's gaining significant attention with the world's best players. And last weekend, Adam Svensson earned the first victory for ChromeSoft XLS at the Club Card Championship. Adam said, quote, I'm proud to be the first, and I certainly won't be the last. Love how this ball performs. And at the Kia Classic, Callaway was the number one driver brand with 41.7% of all drivers in the field. And Epic was the number one model by far with an impressive 42 total in play. Speaking of the LPGA Tour, keep, keep an eye out for the major series stab bags that Team Callaway players will be using this week at the ANA Inspiration. Lab, I wanted to start this with us just doing our text exchanges again last week, just because I, I think they're, it's funny. They're always epic. They're, they're always way more yeah. entertaining than this, than this podcast is. Way more entertaining, but the, the best one, and, and look, I'm going to go on a diatribe here, and I'm going to let you clear the air first. Uh, our brackets are not very good. Uh, I didn't do very good at all. You did slightly better. I'm holding mine up, waving this piece of paper because I wanted to keep it just to kind of prove to myself how bad I was. I predicted... I picked one player out of the pool play portion that advanced. That's one out of 16. Statistically, that's impossible. I mean, we spent 45 minutes breaking down what I thought were perfectly reasonable arguments as to, as to why certain players would, would advance out of their particular pods and then get through single elimination bracket. So you got one right. I, honestly, I can't even think of who that player was. Uh, I can tell you, I can take a little bit of pride in that. It was the winner, Billy Horschel. Now, I did not okay, so pick you, him to go all the way through and win. And Billy Horschel was in whose pod? Oh, man, I got to look that up. Uh, you ended up having five, right? Is yes. that right? Can you I remember had, all I five had, of yours? Um, no, I, I don't. Although, like, when you when you look back at it, and I think, I think the average seed of – the advancing player from their pod was somewhere around 43, which is, which is clearly a record. I mean, this was, this was an anomaly. This was, this was a statistical anomaly. What, what transpired last week. However, when you look through at, let's say the top 10 players in the world and and keep in mind, there was just one top 20 seed who advanced one, one top 20 seed 
advance. It was John Rahm who I did pick to advance uh, out of there. But like when you look at the top 20 players in the world, there's only a handful of them that you would actually consider that to be a surprise, right? That they, that they didn't come out. Like we, we spent 45 minutes on this podcast breaking down who we thought. And I, I didn't, I didn't go chalk by any stretch of the imagination. I just didn't pick, I just didn't pick the right quote unquote underdog to, to get through. I mean, one top 20 player. One, that's, one that's top stunning. 20 seed. And look, I, I understand we're going to sit here and have this conversation about match play and 18 home match play and anything can happen. And I certainly understand the cliche and it came up a lot last week. That being said, one top 20 player advancing was unbelievable. Now, and I, I did want to touch on this before I'll, I'll fall on my sword that, and I was having this conversation with a, a tour official, an executive in the airport leaving Monday morning, that it has become the best Friday in golf. It used to be the best Wednesday in golf before they tinker with the format. And I still contend it is the best Friday in golf because that was an entertaining day. When you have Sergio Garcia with an ace and a playoff to walk I mean, off. It was, it was entertaining because of the fact that you had some of these spectacular shots to close it out. And you had Bobby McIntyre. Robert McIntyre hit it to a foot and a half to, to close out his match. And you had eight playoffs. So the old record, the previous record was five. And so I think if you factor all these things in, it's very, very good. But, that being but I said, actually, I actually, I actually hate the. I, we can get into this. I hate the tie-breaking playoff because there's a couple of occasions where the player who lost their 18-hole match against their opponent ended up getting through the pod in the tiebreaker. I'm thinking in particular the Brian Harmon Patrick Cantlay match. That was by far the best played match of any of them. You had a the, I think Patrick Cantley was eight under. I think Brian Harmon was seven under, and Patrick Cantley won one up or two and one, something along those lines. So Patrick Cantley won their head to head match. Patrick Cantley ended up losing. They're both two and one heading into Friday, and then they have a tiebreaker. And what happens? Brian Harmon wins the sudden death playoff. How is that possibly fair? I understand what the tour is doing in the sense that you have to keep the interest as long as possible. And if you just say, oh, the, the tiebreaker is going to be whoever won the head-to-head match, well, then you're going to have even more players on Friday who are just playing out the string and competing for, for 10 extra thousand dollars. So I, I understand why they're doing it, but I think you're getting into a situation where Brian Harmon was not necessarily a deserving winner of that pod when Patrick Cantley clearly played the best and beat him head-to-head. How would you have them do it? I would I mean, have them I, have the tie, the, the tiebreaker has to be head to head. You already beat that guy. Why, why would you then need to go beat him again in a playoff where, where literally anything can happen? Cause it could be one or two holes. Well, no, I mean, we don't have this conversation on Sunday afternoon at a normal tour event when they've played 72 holes and two guys are tied and then they go to one more hole or two more they, holes, they, whatever the case those, may be. Those guys didn't play head to head. What was, what was, sure what was the are. purpose of that match then? What was, what was the purpose of that match? The previous match? I mean, you got you have to collect, a, you know, an amount of points. This, this is all about gaining points and getting putting yourself in a position where you can't advance. And so I would argue, and, and look, I'm with you on Cantlay. Like, had that been a stroke play event last week, I think Cantlay probably would have won by 10 strokes. For three rounds, he was 14 under par. By comparison, Billy Horschel was four under par for those same three rounds. I mean, he played unbelievable golf. However, when the time came for him to go 3-0, and he lost to Hideki Matsuyama, who wasn't playing well at all. So it, it sort of the vague, you know, that's sort of the gotcha moment 
when it comes to match play. And I get that. Look, we can sit here and have that debate all you want, but there has to be some sort of payoff. I, I don't know how the, you can... the tie. The tiebreaker has to be who won the head-to-head match. It has to be. That's like, I, I know you think about my, my fantasy football playoffs, uh, n- not probably not as much as I do. However, this is like saying that the tiebreaker for, right? for- Do you do a snake uh, draft? It's a snake it's draft, right? It's going to be an auction draft. Yeah. You get everyone gets $100. Um, that's sure. an inside joke for, for people who are not following along. However, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot my train of thought. Um, oh, so, okay. So the, this is like in the fantasy playoffs where- you have two teams going head to head and then it comes time for playoff seating. You don't just go play four. you don't take four games off the NFL slate and say, Hey, whoever finishes the best in, in this little tiny sample size gets the tiebreaker. You would say, Oh, Oh, Hey, who, who won the head to head matchup previously between Rex and Ryan? Oh, Ryan won. He would, he would advance. You don't just cherry pick. Oh, let's take the, let's take the Niners Rams game. Let's take the, the the Seahawks Falcons game, and whoever scores the most points of those, you guys go on because that's essentially what a sudden death playoff is. It's a very small sample size. You hit one bad shot in the playoff, and you're not going to advance. So why would you not go back to the tiebreaker? I understand it makes it Friday more exciting. You now think it's the most exciting Friday in golf. I'm not sure. Um, is it not? What, Were you what, not entertained? What What are the other contenders for that? Uh, any Friday on tour, pick a Friday, any Friday will do. I mean, Friday in most tournaments is, is a continuation. It's, it's, it's a build up. Exactly. Like you're trying to crescendo precisely you're, you're trying to crescendo to Sunday. Yeah. Maybe Friday at the Ryder cup would be a uh, Friday at the Ryder cup. Now that I think okay, about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I would throw that one out. Yeah. That one. Okay. So, sure. so look, so this tournament now is crescendoing on, I would say Friday afternoon and Sunday morning I, I, or, or Saturday morning, excuse me, Friday afternoon, and Saturday morning. To me, those are the those are the best matches. And then by the time you get to Sunday, everyone's just over it. And if you uh, look it, at the history, you look at the history of this event since it went to pool play in 2015, they've been snoozers. They've been yes. terrible. They've been uh, absolutely even, terrible. Even before pool play. This was and this was the conversation with the executive in the airport where I would argue it, it is, if not the, it's the number two best Friday in golf. However, it always begets the worst Sunday in golf. And this is no disrespect to Billy Horschel or anyone else who made it to the final four. And this has everything to do with the quality of golf. Billy Horschel even said in his post-round interview that apologize to the fans. Yeah, that wasn't great golf. Between the two of them in that final match, they made exactly two birdies, Scotty Scheffler and Billy Horschel. And I saw the conditions in the morning. I was walking with the groups. It was difficult. Winds gusting to 35 miles an hour. It was cold, quirky golf course. Wasn't playing great golf. Totally get that. The afternoon was sunny. The wind wasn't blowing near as much. It was warm. That was just bad golf, man. So what's the solution here? Because you had oh, there is no solution. It's match look, play. I mean, look, when, but when you when you think at the totality of this tournament now, and you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, and just look at what happened in 2021 and and make rash decisions. But you look at what happened this year with the one top 20 seed. You look at the average of seed advancing being 43.4. Um, in the Monday scramble column that I do every week, I looked back. If you look at the top 10 players, I know how much you love stats. You look at the top 10 players in strokes gained T to green over the first three days. In other words, T to green, those are the top 10 players who are hitting it the best. They are playing the best golf. Only two of them, Robert McIntyre and Kevin Kisner, who I think we could all agree we're deserving players advance that's it 
Two. Two I mean, of you, the top 10 players strokes gain T to green advance. In other you're words, just coming this, up with a statistical format, way to describe match play. That's all you're doing. And I'm this, not going to this argue format, with this. I mean, it's obvious. This, this format is not identifying the best players. That's, that's why problem. we only do it once a year. Like, I, I didn't get the questions last week from a lot of reporters saying that, should we do this more often? No, of course not. This is a one-off. Let's let's do it once a year. I saw people saying the PJ Championship should move to match play. No, like no, it used no, to no. be. No, in the Olympics. I mean, it, everyone sort of pounded their chest when the Olympics went straight stroke play, seventy-two holes, because that's the I way mean, you determine is, a it champion. Is, it is kind of dreadful, though. I mean, that's that that feels like a missed but, opportunity. But again, if they go match play, then you and I are having this exact same conversation later this year. It's just you're sitting in a hotel in Tokyo instead of sitting in a hotel in Augusta, Georgia. That's why. There has there has to be a solution. There has to be a a right. way to improve the format. Do you so you, you're just gonna throw up your hands and say this is this is as good as it gets? I don't think it's broke. No, no, no. I, I don't intend to find an answer because you I don't, don't think this is broken. Broke. I'm not no, I don't. This is match play. It's it's we didn't re, just discover that after 200 years, man, match play is really not kind of fair. Like you end up in a situation where mm, that's probably not the most deserving champion that we ended up with. No, it's always been this way ever since they started hitting balls in Scotland. I just think that right now people are going to dissect this. And I think it's, this is a one-off enjoy it for what it is. I don't think the players are complaining about it. Uh, they're not. No, they, they, com- they enjoy the, they enjoy this pool play. Uh, not necessarily the pool play. Most players that I talked yes, to last that's week. That's the problem. Pool play is no. the problem. No, no. Well, here's the deal. Most players, and Ian Poulter was sort of leading the charge on this, and I certainly see where he's coming from. Ian's take is he would just do straight knockout. If you ask the majority of players, I think they would just rather do straight knockout. All right? They just want it to be the way it was before. But they also understand why they invented pool play. They invented pool play because they don't like the idea of the stars going out on Wednesday afternoon. This way they guarantee Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And in theory, if you give, I mean, you always used to be talking about Tiger Woods. So if you gave Tiger Woods three rounds instead of just one round, he'd yeah, probably have cream, a better chance. Cream is, yeah, the cream's, the cream's going to rise. Now, that didn't happen last week. And statistically, as we've just mentioned, I mean, it, it was almost impossible to figure out how last week played out the way it did. And I think some of it might have to do with scheduling. I mean, let's be honest. With the Masters a week away, I don't know that a lot of players were really grinding. I mean, I watched Dustin Johnson play that final match. I don't think he was trying to kill himself to advance. I really wish... I really wish the event could move. I think it's perfect in like October. I think it's a perfect October tournament. But two weeks before the Masters, it's tricky because because you're right. I, I don't think you can go back to straight knockout just based on its position in the calendar. You're going to have a situation where Dustin Johnson, this is what he's banking on for three days of, of, of play to get to get fully prepared for his Masters title defense. He's not going to go there to potentially play 14 holes and lose and all of a sudden he's sitting there with a week and a half of nothing to do. I, I yeah, don't I, mean, I don't think I don't think you can do that. That's why Rex, that's why I have a solution. Oh, this would be fun. I had I have a solution. And I know you're a big fan of amateur golf and you follow it uh you follow it very closely uh and you have intimate knowledge of of all the players and, and the tournaments. So this is right. basically borrowing from uh like a combination of like the Western amateur and the US amateur. And so this proposal would be 54 holes of stroke play and then knockout match play over the weekend for the top 16. And the reason why I think that that is the best way to do it is, 
I've got about four or five bullet points. First one is that you just mentioned it keeps the stars in town for at least three days. They are guaranteed to play 54 hole, 54 holes over those three days. Secondly, since you love the you love now Friday, you think it's the second best Friday in golf behind the opening day of the, of the Ryder Cup. There are going to be some playoffs in order to reach the weekend. You're not just going to have a clean cutoff for the top 16. It would be highly unlikely. And so you're going to have some players who, who, who need to do something special in order to get in. I like that. Third point, and we just touched on this, the best players would then, like the top players, would be best positioned to advance through that medal play. Because over 54 holes, just like it does in a regular tournament, those who are playing the best are going to rise to the top. We see it every single week on the, on the PGA Tour. That's just how it works. You can get fluky for a week and you can get, or for a round and you can get hot or you can have a stinker, but over 54 holes, yeah. If you're, if you're playing decent and you're a top player, yeah, you're going to be among the top 16. In other words, you're going to have a, an insanely strong bracket after 54 holes of stroke play, right? You would, you would have a stronger theory, bracket. Yeah. In stronger bracket, you than just this average seed of 43. And the best part, you're still going to have match play on the weekend. You're going to have four matches. Round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, championship match. Who's? Uh, I mean, I'm not arguing with, with this. Me? I've heard this. Who's with me? Wow. Uh, well, uh, I guess I would be with you because I've heard this yes, pitch before. I, I know the tour... I know the tour actually considered this model before they went to the pool play. I, I'm not quite sure why they decided to go with the pool play version. It probably has something to do with just the idea. The name of the tournament is match play. So they kind of wanted to, to stick with what, you know, what seems to be working. Call it the hybrid, so far. Call it the, call it the and, hybrid match and he, play. And here is my problem. Like, and, and you clearly wanted to do this. And we, I, I wasn't prepared for you coming at me like this with, with all, all of these ideas and it needs to be fixed and, and let's tear it down and install over again. Because I, I spent last guy. I know you are. And and I spent, but here's my problem. And, and I spent all last week sitting beside a certain Australian reporter who works for PGA tour.com. I'm not going to name any names, Benny. However, probably crestfallen that Adam Scott wasn't playing against Cameron Smith with Mark Leishman. Jason day got knocked out in the, in the, in the, in the yeah. consolation yeah. match. Yes. It, it was a terrible week for him, but he has this sort of harebrained idea similar to yours. It has more to do with these higher and lower seeds. And, and if you're in the top half of the bracket, you get a buy. So you wouldn't play until Thursday. Anyway, it's, it's very complicated and convoluted. And, and so he spent the last seven days just wearing me out about how this would be better. He's been and talking I, about this since 2013 in Dove mountain. And uh, yeah, and I, I've had it. I, I'm up to here with Benny's ideas. And I tried to tell him that every time he would come over to me and open my mouth and I would throw things at him because I'm like, Benny, he's, I got don't his, he's, got his, he's got a stupid little notepad and he's showing yes. off and there's, there's yes. little pods and brackets. And he said he's one of the top it. players. I, I, I don't even hate it. I don't even understand it. And I don't and I don't want to care about it because, again, this is one week out of the year that you're sitting here trying to reinvent by adding something called stroke play to a match play event. I just feel like we're trying to reinvent the wheel here, and it's not as bad as you're making this out to be. I don't think or I don't anyone think else. Pool, I don't think pool plays working. Uh, maybe not. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll be the first to say it's very, very confusing. I'm sure the fans aren't sitting at home trying to figure out how many points does this person have and what do they need to do on Friday to advance. It, it's very, very complicated. And I think eventually they're going to have to get to something. And I like the idea of doing the 54-hole stroke play. You're right. That's what the all the great amateur events do. The U.S. amateur used to be a major. The British amateur used to be a major. So they were proven commodities. I don't know why 
it got cut short in that process. That being said, where I really ran into a wall last week, and, and look, I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. And it, I, Victor Perez, he should have won the match play. Victor Perez is going to be not only is he going to be on that European Ryder Cup team, he's going to be the star of that oh, European he's go, Ryder he's, Cup. Team. He's 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 going to go five and zero. And you know what? He's going to partner with Antron Rosner because those two are Frenchmen, and and, and they they both played well last week. And I just it, here's the deal: they're gonna they're gonna put what I said on this podcast on the wall of that room. And I'm going to be the motivation. I'm going to finally go down as motivating the European tour the way Alan Shipnuck did two years ago in Paris. And yet you continue to disrespect the France, the, the French, because his name is not Antoine Rosner. Rosner of course, Rosner. his name is Antoine Rosner. 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 Yes. You, you just Apologies. continue to poke the French. What have the French ever done to you? We had a great time at the Ryder Cup in 2018. A terrific Nothing. time. Nothing. Nothing. And I, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to talk with Antoine, probably not because he hasn't been on tour very much. Uh, he is a breath of fresh air. He is so much fun to be around. Like next time you have an opportunity, any opportunity, just a random Wednesday and he's walking around the tour event, make sure you go up and talk to him. Like he is something special. So this is apparently the first time that you've gotten to see Victor Perez uh, up close and personal after all of your slander um, over the past six months. What were your impressions of an absolute mountain of a man mountain of a man. And I was scared to death because he's got these big bare hands and he just kind of walks around. And it seems like I was going to just walk over to me and break me in half and throw me in a garbage can. Is that you're I mean, the, the guy, one that says I wasn't going to make the Ryder cup team. I mean, the guy doesn't use a glove when he, when he plays golf. So if, so if he, if he can, if he can hold that corded golf pride grip, just fine. Imagine what he could do to that scrawny throat. He would just crush it to death if he ever hears this podcast and the way you've been disrespecting him now for months. I mean, a lumberjack doesn't wear a glove either. That, I equate those two things together. And he's a brilliant golfer. Look, he played really, really well. Um, he came up short in the consolation match to Matt Kuchar. But, yes, he's going to be on that Ryder Cup team. He's going to be on that Ryder Cup team uh, alongside Lee Westwood. So I'm going to quit making predictions about who's going to be on what team. Yeah, they're definitely going to be on the team. And I think you pair Victor Perez. He's good friends with Sergio Garcia, who we actually beat uh, in the match play event. I think pair those two. Pair him with a veteran. Um, I think he could I think he could really do some damage. Okay, we got to be short this week because we got a lot of things going on trying to get ready for the Masters next week. You are actually in Augusta National already for the ANWA. Uh, what's the scene like up there? Uh, Rex, we're, we're there for the first three days at Champions Retreat, which you and I had uh, a chance to play. Uh, before the November Masters, about five yeah. months ago, I think I what I dropped five birdies and an eagle, four birdies and an eagle. Yeah, that was uh, painful. It was, a, it was a terrific round. Um, sure, a lot of fun for me. I'm sorry. What was it? What was it talking about when I wasn't uh, gloating over over my round that eventually became a 78? Oh yes, uh, the Augusta. Don't let your job as an analyst and as someone who actually talks about golf get in the way of your gloating. Go on. Yes. Uh, so the, the tournament starts on Wednesday. I had a practice round today, so it was good to catch up with a lot of players who, honestly, I haven't seen probably now for a year and a half. you got to keep in mind the NCAA championship last spring was canceled because of COVID. Um, we've been doing most of our shows uh, that are college-related uh, remotely, so this was a chance to, to catch up with a lot of them. Um, it should be should be really competitive. There's, there's five to seven players who are just absolute studs who you're going to see on the LPGA one day. Now, Rex, are you gonna are you gonna ask me about um, a very special round that I had earlier this week, or, or is that not gonna come up today? 
No, no, no. Uh, and, and we need to make it fast. But I, I do want to ask, but I only want to ask in the context of on Monday, and I don't want to give this away, but I'm going to. On Monday, I had to call Seminole Golf Club, which is, of course, the, you know, one of the greatest spots in American golf. And because I, I wanted to get the results of the member pro and, and, and you know, I kind of do a thing on golfchannel.com about it. And the phone rang and rang and rang. And then someone finally picked it up and it said, hello, my name is Bob Ford. And I thought to myself, uh, like, how am I going to do this now? Like Bob Ford is a legend in the business. And the only thing I could think to ask him was, Mr. Ford, don't you have something better to do than answer phones right now? <laughs> he answered his name. He, he answered his full name. Yes. Yes. This is Bob Ford. How about that? This is by, it's like, yes, this is Tiger Woods. This is Bob Ford. <laughs> oh, hello, hello then, Bob. Uh, Bob actually had the pleasure of, of seeing me sky a nine iron to about 15 feet uh, yesterday. Uh, we were, let's see, I was on the fifth hole, I think, the par three, or fourth hole. Uh, yeah, he strolled up in his cart. Uh, so, yes, I played, I played Seminole on Monday. I don't, that's, 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 that's not even a humble brag, because there's, there's nothing humble about it. No. I, I played... And to be honest, Rex, I played I played pretty damn well. What'd you shoot? Played. Go ahead. Uh, I shot 82, and I honestly, I I don't know how I could have played better. I like I I, I three putted six or seven times, which I oh, actually yeah. think is like a it's like a badge of honor. That's a, that's uh, an any, that's a good average there. at that golf course. Yep. Um, two of those three putts, unfortunately, uh, were on par fives that I had had hit in two. I was, I was putting for eagle on two far fives and walked, and walked away with par. Um, I missed one green uh, with the asterisk being one green that wasn't in a bunker. So I think I hit like, I think I hit like 10 or 11 greens, but like, so since, since you, since you haven't played there, uh, I'm not sure about this humble brag. So since you haven't played there, it's actually, no, quite, I have. It's quite, um, you have. Before, you, before you go on. Yes. Yes. I have. You have. I tell, uh, yeah. That's right. Well, how, what did you shoot? Uh, not 82. I, I don't even remember what I shot. You, I, I played, you, think, you, uh, think, you know, you think, you think you broke a hundred? Uh, there's no way. Yeah. There's no, there's no way. No, I actually played it on a very calm day. Like I'm sure you had wins and, and every time you play it, you have wins, but I played with Gil Hans. And so for me, it was almost like I was, I was did, so did distracted. Gil, by did, Gil. Did, did Gil break 82? Uh, he might have. Gil can play. Um, I don't think he broke 82, but I'm sure he shot somewhere in the mid-80s. But for me, it was like a, this class in architecture as we walked around and he pointed and talked about all the different things. And, you know, th this yeah, is why be, this bunker's that'd here. That'd be very distracting. Uh, it was distracting, but I, I totally enjoyed it. But keep going with your humble brag now that you realize that you're wrong. So, actually, I'm, I'm curious to see, did, did, Gil, did Gil say, and look, I am not a golf course architecture geek. I'm not going to be joining the fried egg. Is it a situation, Rex, where it's it's generous off the tee, which is what I thought it was, even though I managed to lose a couple of balls, but the second shots are insanely difficult because they're Donald Ross greens, right? And so they're already small targets. It's there's there's false fronts and there's runoffs left and right. And then almost every hole is playing into a crosswind. And so what is already a very small target is is made minuscule because of the wind. That's what I found to be really challenging is that the targets are so small. And of course, if you're playing a 20 mile an hour wind and you miss hit it at all, it just absolutely eats it up. That to me was the challenge and the, the genius of the golf course is, is just how precise you have to be. No, and I think most players I've talked to, because you know, the Seminole member pro is probably one of the better fields 
of the year on the PGA tour. If you look at some of the names in it and they'll say the same thing and you, they never play it without a crosswind. I mean, it always seems to be howling there the, the degree of difficulty, but it's a special place. Yeah. absolutely. And you played it for the upcoming Walker cup. Please get, give the payoff. Yes. Yeah. They're not, they're not inviting me to be a member anytime soon. I'm never, I'm never going to get to play the golf course again. Uh, but they, they do have the walk up there the second week of May, uh, which should be a great event uh, with another stacked American team. All right. All right. That'll do it for this week's edition. We'll, we'll be back probably on Sunday, right? I'll see you at Augusta. Yeah, Drive, chip, I'll and be there. yeah, I'll be there. Drive, chip, and pot. Do a couple of Masters preview stories. And, of course, our, uh, Palmetto. Annual, our annual match at Palmetto. That'll be it. We'll talk to you next week. take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways your dedicated fidelity advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened visit fidelity.com wealth investment minimum supply fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com.